I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. We are doing Explore the Prophetic episode number a lot. I don't know which episode number this is, but it's an amazing episode for you today because I have a pastor who's also a CEO of Top Leader. He's a counselor. He's an author, but he's a pastor of International Church in Las Vegas. And I have a lot of questions for him because he's impacting leaders on a national level, like like presidents and and leaders uh, who are in charge of like the finances of different countries. Then also, they were some of the first responders as a church to the Vegas shooting that they just we just celebrated the year memorial of. And the city really, really, really values them because of their response. And I can't wait to talk to him about that. We're going to talk about as many things as we can because he's so fascinating. He's, he's an everyday guy. Like, you're going to love him because he comes across so humble, so normal. But God has just, through his yes, has, through his surrender, has actually taken on quite a journey. And I love people like Paul because they're examples to us. Of, is if we just say yes, what can happen in our lives? But I just want to go through his bio a little bit more. He's established an international network of churches and schools and pastors and leaders, especially in French-speaking countries. I think they're in like 25. He'll tell us how many. Uh, his ultimate goal is to see individuals achieve wholeness and health, physical, mentally, emotionally, and relationally. He's an accomplished entrepreneur, counselor, philanthropist, public speaker, corporate trainer, and author of 10 books. And he holds a bachelor's degree from the University of Ottawa, a master's degree from, in psychology from pastoral counseling in Ashland University. And he's worked as a professional counselor for a long time, established four counseling centers and uh, all over the place. And he's just amazing. So you're going to really enjoy him. And I, I had him on, him and his wife, Denise, have been friends for a long time. I met my wife at their church. Some of you may remember if you listen, if you're Exploring the Prophetic Podcast listeners, his wife Denise was on and we all cried together. Uh, she shared her story of identity and just the prophetic and what God did. She shared about President Trump visiting their church right after a prophetic word and how hard but good that was and how it, it was very defining in some ways. Go back and listen to that episode, his wife in season one. But I actually, Paul was supposed to be on in season one and he's literally this busy where it took a while to get him on. And one of the reasons why I have Paul is because he's an example of somebody who really loves uh, the emotional side of health, but he everything he does is because it's a response of his relationship with God. He gets nudged by the Holy Spirit, and he has radical obedience that puts him in his whole church, his family, his community, out on the limb in faith that if God doesn't come through, they're in big trouble. But they've been there so many times with him that they trust him, and he does these radical conquests and things for Jesus they have beautiful, fruitful results. And of course, Denise co-leads everything with them. So she's the same. And they're both tenacious and they're both warriors. They're both, they're just both fascinating people. And so I know you're going to enjoy today. I do have some things I want to talk to you about right before that. I have two offers that we have for you right now. We've created so much in the last three and a half, four years for the prophetic, for hearing God's voice, because we believe that everybody, when you hear these stories on Exploring the Prophetic, everybody needs to hear from Jesus and everybody will have different options if they do. And he doesn't just speak powerfully to me or to some of my guests. How he's speaking to me is just baby stuff compared to how he wants to speak to the whole world right now. He wants to do so much more. So please enjoy the two offers. And then we're going to go right into the Exploring the Prophetic podcast. Thanks so much. Hey, this is Sean Bowles, and I'm excited to offer you our audience of Exploring the Prophetic 
a basic Prophetic 101 e-course that's going to help on-ramp you into great theology, great tools, and great practice to develop your own prophetic gift. I think every single one of us needs either a refresher course, if you've already been through one, or we need an initiation course that gives us the faith to take on these incredible gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discernment, with wisdom to be able to articulate what God wants to say to the world around you. It's an eight-week e-course. It's going to give you, like I said, theology and practical steps over eight weeks. There's over five hours of videos, but they're broken up into two or three videos a week. So there's bite-sized pieces, or you can binge watch them. There's a lot of assignments. There's a lot of activations. There's prayers of impartation. Come with me on the journey. I'm going to personally mentor you through this e-course. You're going to love it. Prophetic 101. Go to bullsministries.com. Welcome today to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm here with someone I absolutely adore with all my heart, him and his wife, Denise. This is Paul Goulet and Pastor Paul. Thanks for being on today. Hey, it's my honor. And listen, that adoration thing, I use the same word. My wife says, you're not allowed to adore anybody. I said, I'm not talking about the Virgin Mary. I'm talking about my friend, Sean Bowles. <laughs> I adore you. I, I have no problem with it because it's the right context with the right boundaries. I love it. Yeah, but, me too. <laughs> you know, we, we have quite a history together because a lot of the, a lot of my life emerged as I was coming to your church, speaking, connecting to you guys, met my wife there, which is crazy. Yeah. International yeah. Church of Las Vegas. And we've both been a part of like moments in the prophetic where some of the words I've had have pushed you guys or moved you guys forward. Some of the words you guys have had over me have helped define some things. And I planted a church and you guys were some of my role models because I was going after the entertainment industry and the poor and stuff that like no one had language for. And you guys were doing it. You have people who work at casinos who are also part of your church and people who work in industries that not everyone understands. You guys reach out to sex workers. You guys go after human trafficking. You do so much. And so I just want to thank you for just your example, but also just say thanks for being on the show. Oh, it's my honor, Sean. You and Cherie, we adore we adore you both, and we adore your kids. Cherie was part of our life back in Vermont. So like you said, the, it's many years now. We could actually say many, many years. Yeah. Uh, what an honor to see you. I remember the first time you came to preach here, and and to look at you now and how God's God, goodness gracious, he's brought you around the world. You're pouring into lives. And like you said, you've had a massive role in our life. So I, complete honor to be on, the, on, on, your, on your podcast. Well, thank you so much. And I, I just think of like, I'm, I'm holding this place in my spirit of just who you guys are. And some of the things that you've stood for, and one of the things that you've gone after that's very unique is the French-speaking people group, specifically in France. You guys are French-Canadian, but you're an American citizen now. But you guys have been going after like both America and then France and French speaking people. And it's been an assignment on your life. Like you've sacrificed and paid a price. How did that happen? Well, you know, what's really kind (laughs) of amazing is I've not trained to be a pastor. I'm not trained to lead a movement. I have no training. All my training is in psychology and counseling. <laughs> Which is perfect. So I, yeah, so I'm like, the, I feel like I was the least likely person. <laughs> um, and uh, my first missions trip was um, to the Philippines where, where I had an encounter with God. Uh, I was walking on the streets. I was running a large counseling center. They asked me to go there and write curriculum for the schools, the universities. 
So, you know, mostly education and, and, and helping hurting people. So I'm on the streets and I, I see a family living in a box. And I had an encounter with God, Sean, and, and I'll never forget it. I just started weeping, thinking I'm living in a beautiful home. My kids are in private school and these people all live in a box. Wow. And I started crying and, and, and I looked up to heaven. I said, God, I'll do anything for you. Wow. And um, the next moment I'm on a flight going back home to Sacramento. And I said, Lord, remember, I'll do anything for you. And I'm 33, I have a radio show, a large counseling center. Things are going great. I'm making so much money. It's wonderful. I love Jesus. I love my family. <laughs> and uh, I'm on a flight and I say, I'll do anything. He says, okay, as clear as day to my brain, I never hear voices and I've not seen visions. I mean, I see visions in my brain with my eyes closed, but um, as clear as day, you're going to be a pastor of West Valley Assembly of God in Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. And you got to know that that was... Not only not in my wheelhouse, it wasn't in my galaxy. Sure, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm a, a counselor. Um, I'm an old hockey player. I adored my pastor, and I really did. I, I thought so highly of him, and I thought, I'm not good enough to be a pastor. I'm an old drunk. I'm an old fighter. I'm an old <laughs> messed up, you know, I'm an old messed up guy. I can't be a pastor. And then this church was in a rental property next to a bar, it was just a mess, and I was counseling. I was actually the counselor of the pastor. Oh, wow. And I thought, that can't be from God. It's the stupidest. Back then, I didn't know about prophecy. I didn't know about any of those things. And so I go, that's the dumbest idea I've ever had. And so the next day, I get a phone call from the pastor of the church, and I thought it was for counseling again because I used to counsel a lot of pastors and business people. And he goes, uh, I'm leaving the church. I said, good for you. <laughs> I said, those, I said, I said, those people are crazy. Oh my God. And he goes, uh, but Paul, I, I prayed. I said, good, good. And he, and I asked for my successor. I said, great, great. He said, and I saw your face in a vision. You're wow. supposed to take the church. And so you want to talk about prophecy and how it messed me up. Um, so what, six months later, uh, my wife and I, we walked away from everything and uh, we walked out of our comfort zone, out of the finances uh, and took over a little church next to a bar. And wow. that was 26 years ago. Um, so this whole missions groove rocked me the first time. And so I thought, you know, if we're going to try to reach our city, uh, we've got to do everything to, to reach them. So we had, we've done feeding programs for 26 years yeah. and we started doing crazy things on Halloween night. And we, we've just started doing just radical things because I didn't know how to be a pastor. Wow. All I knew is how to do counseling. So I thought, let's just try anything and see if, if the spaghetti sticks on the wall. Um, and then that wasn't working. So I thought, I'm going to fast and pray. And so I fasted and prayed for a year and a half. And, and that's when the power of God hit me. Oh, wow. Um, and I was on the mountain at Red Rock. I was on top of a mountain. And here I am. I graduated the highest honors from graduate school. So I, I tend to be more of an intellectual. But I, I'll never forget, Sean, I'm on the top of a mountain chanting like a, an Indian <laughs> um, in <laughs> in tongues, wow. thinking, I've lost my mind, but it feels great. <laughs> so, oh so, so you talk about prophetic destiny. That's why you've played such a big role in our life, is that every major step of my life has been initiated by prophecy, and it's pushed me out of the boat. Uh, so from, from reaching the streets of Las Vegas, which we've done all these years, um, then I got invited to go to India. And after the power of God hit me, of course, you know what that's like. You, yeah. you want to bring the power everywhere. So we started going to India, and we actually did 10 years in India. I'd go there about three times a year, 
each time I go for about three weeks. And we wow. went to Northern India and we started in the slums. Um, and um, I mean, I don't have, we don't have enough time to talk about India, but it was 10 years. That's an amazing amount of, of time and sacrifice to have three weeks, a trip I, I, for 10 years. I did. Yeah. Three times a year. And I would bring teams and, you know, we'd sleep on the floor and, and it was just the most amazing 10 years of my life um, and of our team. And it was like, I just this thing of you got to reach out, you got to give away, you got to go serve someone else. In fact, it's weird because the bigger the church got, the more I need I needed to go serve somebody else. Wow! And so we did That's 10 so years grounded. in Asia. It is, yeah. it is. So 10 years in Asia and then, and, and then one day I'm playing golf with a guy named John Maxwell. Yeah. And so now we're going, you know, the church has gone from 200 to 400, 400 to 300, 300 to 800. And then it just started doubling. Wow. Um, and it was just, well, cause I don't know how to be a pastor. I just, I don't think I'm very good at it, but God just keeps, <laughs> I disagree, you know, but I through, understand what you're saying. <laughs> he just keeps, he kept basically telling us, you know, do this and do that. And the fasting continued, the prayer continued. And I started learning how to hear from God from a guy named Dr. Morocco, James Morocco from Hawaii. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just, and then people, you know, God brought people like you in and, and Chuck in and, and other people. Um, and so one day John Maxwell says, Paul, would you do me a favor? I said, sure, John, anything. Because I'd learned a lot about, from him in terms of leadership. Yeah. And I said, I'll do anything for you, John. He goes, would you go and start training people in the French world? Because I have no French leaders. Oh, wow. And I just wrote some material called Equip. Would you go for me? And I said, John, anything. So... I started, it's a long answer to a short question, no, but I started um, flying out there at my own expense. The church helped me a lot, um, our church, ICLV. And um, so we pay for our own flight, own hotel, own meals. And I just started going there saying, um, hey, listen, I want to start leadership. And they, they told me, we don't like leaders in France. We cut off their heads. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you've had the wrong kind. <laughs> yeah yeah oh wow yeah so it, they were not res they were not open to it but they had heard about the miracles in uh, ICLV wow. and and Denise and me and and everything God's done at our church he deserves I mean I give him all the glory and they heard about it so they said you're French Canadian we'll let you preach wow. so uh it all started by just loving on them and preaching and I mean, I didn't speak French, and so I was very weak at it. And their French are, are of course, French French. It's yeah. different. Um, so, I, Sean, I tell you what, it started from a simple invitation from a guy named John, and I said yes. And I didn't know what I was getting into. I really, really didn't know, and I felt, I felt overwhelmed every day. I felt embarrassed. I felt tapped out. I I wanted to tap out for the first three years, um, just because my my French was so lousy. And they were very critical of me because I didn't speak very well. And then they accused me of being an American. And <laughs> at the time, it was when George Bush was president and they did not like us very much. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's really how it started. Wow. It's amazing though, because we're, you know, we're telling prophetic journey kind of stories on this podcast, exploring. And I love how, first of all, when you first start the story, how it was like your surrender to say, God, you can do anything. And I love how God reforms our lives and puts us in a place that we couldn't have created ourselves without him and your whole story of being a pastor and being with John Maxwell through just your relational connect and him saying, you need to go to France for me. I need, I need help. And you knew what that meant because you knew 
that it's one of the harder cultures to reach with the gospel or with these kinds of messages, but you were faithful. So you were there for like three years and figuring it out with them. And what, what was the breakthrough? Like what happened to help? What was the tipping point? So to speak? Oh, you're going to laugh at this. You know, a lot of times we get a prophetic word and we, we want to obey it and we do, but it feels like we're failing and we're hitting walls. And so can you imagine two or three years of criticism and I'm actually footing the bill and so is my church. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, I've always said, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. No, I was not even being tolerated. I was being really, it was hard just because I didn't understand them. I was ticked off. Um, but I was trying to obey faithfully and I'm, I'm literally in a, in a, a big convention where they asked me to speak at it, which was an honor. It was a supernatural convention. So they were more open to that. And they brought in a famous, uh, singing group. I can't remember who they were. Oh, delirious. And so I'm out there in this, just sitting with the thousands and I'm telling God how much I don't like doing this. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm saying, God, this is ridiculous. All they do is criticize me. All there's no fruit right now. It's been three years. And it's cost me and my church a lot of time and money and energy. And I don't you want me somewhere else? Send me somewhere else. And he, you know he's clear as as day in my brain. Nope. Wow. You're here. You're called to the French. And I said, okay. Then how do I reach them? And he said, Paul, become a Barnabas. He said, don't think about how they treat you. Go around and treat everybody like wow. gold. Be the son of encouragement. So Sean, it was like the lights went on in my brain. It was a prophetic word, yeah. a word of knowledge on how to break, break, you know, unlock the key. So I started going around the big stadium, just thanking the ushers and the greeters and and picking up garbage and throwing it away. And 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 then I get a phone. I get a, a one of the a guy comes to me and says, "Hey, the, the director wants to talk to you." So I was used to this. The talks from the directors was, Paul, you made a mistake here. You're too American. We don't like this. And I'm literally bracing myself for another attack. And I, I walked into the director's office. I said, sir, how, how can I help you? And he goes, um, everybody's telling me that you're a Barnabas. Wow. What are you, what are you doing? Literally. And I smiled. I go, do you really want to know? <laughs> And I told him, I told him what God said, and all I was doing was encouraging everybody. And that was the breakthrough with France. Um, we're in 24 cities now. Uh, we, we're training uh, 30 pastors, uh, over 30 pastors this week and last week uh, who fly in, and we train them, and we send them back in to change their world. I mean, you used to have to fly um, there on we've your tra- own bill, and now they're all flying to you. <laughs> yeah, now they're all flying to me, because it's just the most insane thing. And so, for, yeah, for for... The next seven years, we established Maxwell's material. Uh, we we trained them, and like I said, I think it was twenty four cities. Um, I've tra- we trained thousands and thousands and thousands of pastors, uh, and now there's church growth movements going on, and 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 church planning movements, and uh, there's the move of God. And then they'd say, Paul, um, we we heard about Bill Johnson. Can you ask him to come? And so, can you call John Bavier? Wow, you know, these are yeah. all my friends, right? So they they'd say, Paul, can you call so and so? Can you call they they They've wanted you like 50 times, <laughs> um, <Okay>. but, but, <laughs> but the beautiful thing is, is that it, the key, it's like my friend taught me, his name is Eric Sillier. He has an online ministry. He says, Paul, you got to find out how to crack the code. Wow. So I was functioning in obedience, but I didn't have my code. But once I had the code and that's to be a son of encouragement. So with the French, 
All I have to do is walk into a restaurant or any meeting room and I'll walk around. Hey, my name's Paul. What's your name? I'd love to get to know you. And I listen to people. I love them. And their hearts started melting. Wow. So that's what we've done. And, and that's what's... So now it's 12 years. And then three years ago in Paris, uh, the Lord gave me my, my next 10-year assignment. I don't know why he gives me 10-year assignments, but um, it, three years ago in, in, in Paris, uh, he gave me the assignment that I'm in right now. And that's, uh, that's the U.S. Well, before we go there, I just I want to stop and pause just in a few moments in the story because I think people are listening a lot of times when people get an idea of somebody who has inherited something or, or is walking in an anointing or walking in an authority, they don't ever think of the process. And I love the process because no. in the midst of where we're going, there's a place where there, there's just unhindered obedience to say, yes, God. And you usually face the opposite for a while before you get into what you're thinking it's going to be. I remember when I was first doing ministry, I was like, I, I didn't want to do what I was doing for seven or eight years. I was like, there's people who would mm. kill for the spot. God, do you want to give this to somebody else? Because this is someone else's <laughs> destiny and they would call it theirs and they'd be thriving. They'd be happy. I am so unhappy in this, but you're asking me to do it. Like, I don't want to do this, but I'll obey you. And I remember just, he would say over and over, just keep, keep going, keep going, keep going, yeah. serve me yeah. and let, and serve these people you're around. And I'll send people to serve you when it's time and, and help your destiny when it's time. But, but do what I want, what I want. And I'm like, Oh, and I've never gotten out of that mode. I think I've always been in that mode. But now I enjoy what I'm doing. But I think like listening to your story, I think a lot of people can't relate to where you're at now until they hear the story. And then they're like, oh my gosh, Paul was, you know, a psychologist, psychiatrist who's setting up a counseling center who, you know, <laughs> who God calls him out to be a pastor of an assembly's of God church that was dying. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so funny. You guys have turned into this whole structure. Well, tell me, I, I do want to go into the American mandate, but before I do, I, I think because we're we have all these shootings happening all around the nation and people yeah. are curious about all around the world. Like, why is this happening and what are Christians doing? And you guys have a beautiful story as far as how it's still, it's still happening when the Las Vegas shooting happened. Like, how did that affect you guys? And what was your response? Well, see, now you're going to make me cry. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we have our prophetic conference going on right now at our church and um, I had some of the our, our Cairo students, our school of ministry students, uh, testify to what they did wow. uh, the day after. The, the shooting was at night. And so the day after, um, we sent teams around our city. And our students were some of the most impactful. And they went into the hospitals and they went to work with the police officers. And so, yeah, I, I get emotional when I think about it um, because we just had a one-year yeah. memorial uh, at city hall uh they called and 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 they said would you would you have church on our our wow. city hall oh, steps you tell me that. That's amazing. and yeah it's and in the newspapers it said city hall has now become a wow. church so that was yeah oh yeah it was in the papers and everything and they 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 basically to recognize that they call our church and of course we have a close relationship with other churches that are just so amazing and so we someone loaned us a sound system a massive bazillion dollar sound system and and literally they let us do church wow. uh, worship and uh, we victims came and victims families came and we prayed for them and um, we prayed uh, politicians were there pastors were there uh, and vi and victims and victims families were there and. We we worshipped and cried and prayed for an hour and a half on city hall steps. Wow! Um, 
So yeah, and, and the doors are wide open. I mean, the city hall uh, city recognized us a few months ago, and gave us an award for what we you know what we did. And and we you know it's all God, all God working through people. No, but See, it's, God, it's important to you know, say it's that my belief because it, it, a lot <laughs> yeah. of churches aren't present when times of tragedy come, or they don't know how to be. And I loved how right yeah. after it happened. I mean, you got called by some people in the government. You guys were first response. You guys helped set up counseling for victims. You did so yeah. much right away. You were like, we're not going to let this this damage be the identity of our city. I remember you were telling me about it. And you're like, we're going to we're gonna make sure our identity of our city is not this. This is not who we are. And we're going to heal the city. And I feel like a lot of churches think that way and they might do a prayer meeting, but they don't get their hands dirty. And I really felt like I loved your response yeah. because your people and you personally got really, your hands were dirty in this. And your love and your compassion was turned on. So I think it's significant that they awarded we, you because you oh. guys, you, you d- demonstrate to the church, this is what authority and love looks like. Well, you know what you're saying there is so prophetic, of course, because you're a prophet, but you didn't know this, that I don't even, I didn't tell you the story that when, when they recognized, they recognized me. And then of course my princess came up, my wife came up and we've, I of course deflected it to God and to our team because really it's, it's a team that did it. And, um, I thought, if they're giving me the microphone, what am I going to say? And as clear as day, the Lord spoke to my brain, a word of knowledge, tell them this is no longer Sin City, because Sin City is missing the mark. And our mayor and our city council are really trying to do a good job. And they've opened it up. They they have a faith initiative. They've started. They started wow. it. So, so I thought, if I get the mic, okay, God, I know what to say. And I'm not kidding. The colonel, who's a city council member, who's a Democrat, who's my friend, I say it because a lot of people are so divisive, but we're not divisive. I don't care what party they're in. I care that they have a soul. I care that God loves them and we can work together. So he gets the microphone. He says, Reverend Goulet, would you like to say something to, and it was packed out. Uh, The city hall was packed out. He says, would you like to say anything? Uh, And I said, sure. And I grabbed the microphone. I I told everybody, I said, now it's a dangerous thing to give a preacher a microphone. (laughs) So everybody's laughing, right? Everybody's laughing uh, because this is their turf. This is not the event. This is actually one of their events where they want to recognize us. So I said, listen, I I just want to say one thing, Mayor, uh, Mayor Goodman. I said, "Um, this city has been known as Sin City, but the word sin means missing the mark in Greek. And Mayor, I want to tell you that I adore you. I love you. I love City Hall. I love our city. And you're not missing the mark. You're actually doing a great job. And I'm proud that we're one of the churches that are part of this great community. And we love you. And everybody's applauding and cheering. The mayor starts, she has tears in her eyes. The city council members looking at each other like, we didn't know that's what it meant. So that day, I really believe we redefined our city. The marketing may still go on, but in the heart of my mayor and our city council, I believe they know they're, they're grace city. They're, they're not sin city anymore. They're grace city. Wow. I mean, just I'm, I'm speechless on that one. That's just so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I bet, I bet you there's been Christians who've been praying for 100 years. Lord, give a redefinition yep. of our city. And you, you proclaimed it prophetically. Yep. Now, it takes transformation to fully emerge that. But the, it start, the seeds of transformation have been planted. And I love that you're there, which is just such a huge picture. I don't even want to transition us, but well, I, you know go ahead. Tell me that. Now I want to transition yeah. us into the American no, mandate because I think there's something there we need to... Yeah. You, you know you know one of the things, Sean, that, that you've brought here, you, you brought the prophetic realm in. You and Chuck, I can honestly see, are two of our prophets. You brought it in. So we're very attuned to the voice of God. Um, and actually, the, the night of the shooting, I text two people. Um, 
and two police officers in our church and not knowing that one of them would be the gentleman that would help stop wow. the shooting. He actually was a, a normal beat cop that felt rushed immediately to the site, went up to the correct floor without getting shot and called up SWAT wow. and told him where to go. Yeah, it's, I didn't know, I mean, so the next day, I, I as you know, I almost died two years ago. So um, I, I'd been quite sick and, and dizzy and, and nauseated and, and I couldn't really do very much. And uh, that morning, the Lord speaks to my brain and says, Paul, go back to work. Mm. And I said, Lord, I'm really still hurting. He goes, but the people are hurting way more. Oh, so that was my first day back at work was the day after the shooting. Um, and so the the miracle is, is that, uh, it, it, you know, I think a lot of times people are listening to you because you're so accurate and you're so, you get these words that they, they think that we can't just function on either simple words like, go back to work, yeah, <laughs> totally. right? I don't get phone numbers and I don't get social security numbers or, but every once in a while he, he talks to this thick brain of mine and says, do this or do that. And, and, and I, and I try to respond. So I just wanted to say that. I love that. I, and that's why we're doing a podcast like this is because people need to hear the different ways that people hear. Cause the, the heartstrings are the same for all of us. It's just a matter of how God yeah. speaks to us and how he makes it relevant. And some of the ways that you're sharing, I think it does mentor people's viewpoint. It's like, you know, people hear your perspective and they go, I see myself, I hear myself, I feel myself in that story, which is so profound. Wow. So leaders, pastors, business owners, people who are involved in your cities, listen to this story because God wants to use you in your city. You may be something today, but tomorrow God can reform and re put you right in the middle of the target of the authority structure of your whole city, which is amazing. So let's talk about United States. Okay. So you felt like God told you to become an American citizen. That's a big deal. <laughs> well, because my family landed in Canada in 1600 and wow. something. <laughs> my, 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 uh, my, one of my great ancestors was the first postalman, postal person in, in our country. <laughs> wow. um, my, my grandfather was the first French Canadian pilot. Um, my great grandfather was the Auditor General of Canada and You're started not building um, a good case for yourself. You're like, why did... <laughs> no, I know my, my great grandfather started Asher C, which is the study of high, uh, high economics in our wow. nation. And the university is still there. Um, so I'm in Paris three years ago, really sh long story short, I'm in Paris. And of course, when you're in a hotel room alone in Paris, you pray a lot. <laughs> and so I'm in prayer and it's clear as day to my brain. Cause I, like I said, I don't hear voices. I've never seen angels. I've never gone to the throne room. Like you have, I I've just simply just a normal, normal guy. And, and I just have an extraordinary God and I'm in the hotel room and to my brain, he goes, Paul, I'm going to give you your next assignment. He says, hand over the leadership of France. I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. He says, secondly, he said, he said, I'm going to give you a new assignment. I said, well, what is it? Into my brain is, I'm going to give you America. Wow. And I said, no, Lord, no, not America. Because I was ready to go to Africa. I've had invitations there in Greece. And I've got, I've got, I've invitations. And I said, Lord, no, there's smarter people in America, better pastors, better teachers, better evangelists. I'm just an old drunk guy. I'm an old guy that got set free. I'm an old guy that was broken. Why are you sending me to America? There's there's people on TV. I'm not on TV. I don't I don't do anything of the right things. I'm just in Las Vegas and I'm around the world. But why America? He says you're just gonna. I want you to study up on all the big issues, because media is going to call you, politicians are going to call you, 
and you need to have an answer about everything, everything from marijuana use to, to birth control, to, to abortion, to whatever. He says, Paul, study up on all the issues. I said, okay, Lord. I said, what else do I have to do? He says, you have to become an American. Now you have to know, I gave you my, my heritage yeah. from Canada to become an American citizen. I had to deny my Canadian Ooh, citizenship. And I, my daughter did it, and I, I didn't want to do it. That was the one thing that stopped me from becoming an American, because I love America. But to deny my heritage, to deny my French-Canadian heritage, and everything that my family... I had an uncle that was on the Supreme Court a couple years ago. It's, it's like, I'm going to give up that wow. to become an American? What? Why? So I thought, okay, I just God convinced me. And so I went home, told my wife, I said... God told me to become an American. He told me media is going to call me, politicians are going to call me, and other things. And uh, I said, she goes, okay, go ahead and do it. She, you know, she knows that I hear yeah. from God. <laughs> and so she goes, go ahead and do it, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know my wife is not a no, weak person. <laughs> so so I, I, I went through the process. I became an American, and... Um, I get phone. I started getting phone calls. I didn't call anybody about it. I got phone calls from CNN, MSNBC, Fox. I mean, all these stations started calling me. Politicians started calling me. Um, and then um, Dr. Carson's campaign called me. And then they called me back after one meeting uh, because I studied up on things. And I would say, hey, just I think this is what, what God's saying. And, and this is what's on my brain. And this is what's on my heart. And then they called me back and said, would you be the state wow. chair for Dr. Carson? And I said, I've only been an American six months. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, and you know, usually state chairs are like millionaires or famous people. And I'm just an, I'm just an old hockey player. You know what? And I'm thinking, okay, God, whatever. And uh, so I talked to my wife and we, we agreed that it was a God thing. And honestly, it was, it was a great journey. That part of the journey was, was enjoyable because I, Dr. Carson and I got along very well. And I, I mean, I love his approach and. He's a very gentle, humble person, and so that's kind of my counselor background. Wow. So, uh, so that you, and then you know the rest of the chapters, which most people don't know about. But that was my first part of changing wow. America. So we've gotten, of course, we're very involved in our city, and um, nationally, we've become very, very, very involved nationally. But our when there's a murder in our city, the police call our church, and we do go door to door, and um, we gave away 1.2 million pounds of food last year, and we feed. 1,400 families. It's not me. This is the whole team yeah. doing it. I don't no, do any of it. They all do. Team. They we do everything. And, team. But it's amazing. We're, we have revival in Vegas, but now I've got team members going to the White House every two weeks and coaching our president. It's the most know, insane, insane fulfillment of prophecy. And you actually prophesied it, my friend. You oh, know we, that. We had Denise on and she shared the story on this podcast. So if you haven't heard that, listen to season one and listen to <laughs> Denise, but tell me, tell me this, cause we don't have much time left, but I want to, I want to ask the questions yeah. since you brought it up. You have people going to the white house every two weeks and I love your team who's going and there's, we're so divided right now as a nation. So there's people who are like, I hate yeah. Trump. He's the worst person in the world. There's people who are like, this is our Messiah for America. And there's people yeah. who are in between who are like, yeah. I just want peace. And I hope we, I, I'm hoping for a better future. Like, give us yeah. hope for our nation regardless and with Trump. Like, give us a hope as far as someone who has people on the inside, people who are both Democrats in your church, Republicans in your church, Trump's visited your church, you have people visiting with Trump and other political leaders. Give us some, give us a prophetic or spiritual perspective. You know, I think one thing that, that I've encountered is in when I get words, 
I know sometimes I'm wrong. Yeah. And, and sometimes I miss it. I think that's one thing people are not comfortable with is they want prophetic, but they always want to be right. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's what you're describing and, my life. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you're, you're way more right than I am. But, but honestly, I really didn't like uh, Mr. Trump. I didn't like him at all. And in fact, the way we encountered him, and I know Denise told the story, is Pasquale confronted him about something. And Trump is a New Yorker, so he likes that yeah. stuff. And so Trump goes, I like you. I want to go to your church. And I got phone calls. I said, nope, nope, nope. I don't want him. I don't like him. I don't want him to come to my church. I literally was just unabashedly, I was a, unabashedly not for him. And um, <laughs> um, and I, I'm all new to this anyway. So I'm not very good at politics. <laughs> I'm not I'm not good at that. And we have a nonpartisan church. We have Democrats in our church and libertarians, and we're multicultural. So we're black, white, Latino, Filipino. And so you know what that, that engenders. So uh, just... I can honestly say that that I was one of the ones that was like a hundred percent against him. Wow. And finally, um, I found out he was open to school choice, and um, he wanted to come see our school because he heard about our school because we have a sports academy. We have like some of the greatest little soccer players in our, wow. our state, and so our church is becoming famous for soccer players now. <laughs> and he wanted to come see it, and I thought, let him come. And then he said, would you facilitate a meeting for reconciliation with minority pastors? And that's one thing Pasquale and I are, we love. I mean, we're always, we're always with Latino pastors and African-American pastors and Filipino pastors. So we go, a meeting of reconciliation? Sure. And you're willing to talk to these people? Sure. I knew it was going to be like a hostile environment, right? So we called our friends together. They thought we were kind of crazy. I said, would you at least meet with them? And, and they knew how I felt about it. And so they said, okay, let's just meet with them and hear them out. And the place was packed of, and it was mostly minorities. And um, I asked him a few questions to try to get to his heart. And then he opened up his heart and I thought, something's happening here. And then we gathered around him and Pasquale tells, says, open your hands. And then Pasquale prophesies to him. And then Troy Martinez, he looks like a biker. And yeah. I'm sure that's what he was in his previous life. He says, President Trump, can I anoint you with oil? He goes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the secret service are freaking out. Troy anoints him with oil. And then I start prophesying over him. So here's what I discovered. I discovered that if we don't look at the label or the color, prophecy... Be works like a charm. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. works like crazy. And the day, the man that honored me from City Hall, the, the Democrat, I met him at a coffee shop. He he called and said, would Paul meet me at the coffee shop? I said, sure. So I went to meet with him and he knows I'm, I've leaned more to the Bible version of you know, policies and all that. I'm a more of a policy person. I'm not yeah. political, but I am policies. I believe in the Bible. I want yeah. the Bible to be real in our nation. And so he, he wants to meet with me. And I said, sir, share your vision. I want to get to know your heart. And at the end I said, would you mind if I prayed for you? And Sean, I prayed for him. And as I prayed, he starts crying at the coffee wow. shop. And that just kind of like messed me up. Cause I'm thinking if I only pray for Republicans, I've totally missed the boat. If I only pray for Democrats, I, I've missed yeah. the boat. Daniel ministered in the 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 the, the king's court. Yeah. <laughs> Pharaoh, uh, Joseph ministered in 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 the Pharaoh's court. I'm thinking, 
who am I to pick sides? So I've opened our whole church up to Democrat leaders, libertarians. I said, listen, we want to go anywhere. Invite us in. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to pray for you. And if we have a solution or two, we'll bring it in. So I think we have to, we have to be sold out for policies we believe are good for people. But I think we have to get rid of a political spirit because it's dividing Mm -hmm. even the body of Christ. Well, it's like, it's, it's become such an anti-love and it was really interesting because one of the leaders of the faith coalition that uh, some of your leaders are on, one of the leaders of that called me um, just right when the year was ending in 2018 and said he was really gripped by the message of love and realized that his heart wasn't open to half of our Mm -hmm. community. And he's a Hispanic pastor. Wow. He said half of our community in America, my heart's not even open to because I'm, I was being political and not seeing I'm I'm a father in the nation, not just over one party. And, and he totally changed and he's been leading the faith coalition through a transition and they're believing for what would happen if we consistently led politicians through this transition of, I am a father over a people group called America, not just over a party. And I have to see, like you said, policy, not just spirit of behind this whole thing. So I just think I have a lot of hope because I feel like, I feel like there's a transition behind the scenes that's going on all over the place. And it may not be like Nebuchadnezzar never changed, but Daniel held his space, how he was supposed to. And all of the Israelites were saved because of it. So I just think it's like, we don't, we don't have to have this burden to change our leaders of our nation. We have to have a burden to stand for the policy and stand for the kingdom. And in the midst of that, God can do all kinds of works around us and just the wonder working God will work wonders. So I love your perspective. It's so powerful. Well, you know what's interesting too, Sean, is that you know Pasquale and Norma. He doesn't have a college degree. He doesn't have a this seminary is the degree. Who's Trump, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, he has a high school degree, <laughs> which is perfect. Uh, he 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 was my janitor. Wow. Norma was my assistant for twenty years, and now they're in the courts of of the president counseling on immigration because obviously we love immigrants and it's funny uh pasquale walked into the over office the other day and president trump stops his meeting and here's the guy that i didn't like before that i'm going what are you doing god with this man why is he so open to everything and walk pasquale walks in and and president trump stops the meeting goes that's pasquale he's the president and and the worship is great it should be in every casino that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Isn't that nuts? The recognition. So, wow. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed. Like you said, if we do it in love, um, God doesn't care about my politics. He cares about my love. And um, I think that's why Pasquale and Norma are there because all they do want to do is love and they want to bring in the spirit of God and the truth. And they're unafraid. They're, they're literally unafraid. I was telling everybody on Sunday, I said, it's so funny. Norma, who was my secretary and assistant for all those years and told me what to do for 20 years is now telling the president what to do. <laughs> I, saw that, I saw that little video clip of that picture. I was like, yes, yes. She needs to be there. She had, she had a you practice got, on you, a stubborn French Canadian. <laughs> in the white house telling the president what to do. Oh, oh, <laughs> Oh, if you only knew how many times she told me what to do. She told me what to do a few times, so I get it. Hey, we got to close down this uh, beautiful episode, and I want to thank you so much for being involved. But how can people get a hold of you? Because you have a couple projects you're working on right now. Tell us the projects, the websites, and uh, then we'll end. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? If you go to to pastor at iclv.com, 
pastor at iclv.com. That's me. I'll get it. Um, and you know what? We're working on some really significant things. We're we're in France right now, but the, the Lord's given my wife and I a vision to go to the 29 French nations of the world. Um, and we've been invited to Madagascar, nice. uh, which is really incredible. It's the poorest French wow. nation in, in the world. Um, and the president has invited in us in to start 10 leadership training wow. centers. Um, and so our first meeting is in May. Uh, we'll be training a, a thousand pastors and we'll be training at night 10,000 people. Um, we don't have the money to go to Africa. We don't have the money to Madagascar. I've already said yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know what that's exactly. like, Sean. I've already said yes, just like I said yes to France. And, um, hey, if you want to help, go to pastor at ICLV.com, uh, or, uh, yeah, that's the best place to find me, pastor at ICLV.com. Our phone number at the church is 702-242-CARE, uh, C-A-R-E, 242-CARE. Uh, hey, call us up. Um, man, I, I mean, it's bigger than me, Sean. Uh, we have the, um, we have, uh, the Côte d'Ivoire has invited us in, the, the government's invited us in. So we have, I think it's three nations their governments have invited wow. us in, and I'm saying, I've got everything we need. The presence of God, we've got the gifts, we've got a healing, um, healthy believer series, we've got leadership from Maxwell, and we've got the power of God. We just don't have the money, but I already said yes. So, yeah, if anybody wants to help us, that'd be cool. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to make sure that this podcast goes on, obviously, before May. So I'm excited wow. about that because I think there's a lot of people who are listening and are hearing your story, and it's like, yes, we can partner to the kingdom advancing to actually change nations. I think people are tired when it's yeah. church centric under the church. And you're a great example of a church that has fingers and all over the city and with the poorest of the poor and the leaders of the city. It's so beautiful. So thanks for being on today. Uh, thanks for sharing so vulnerable your story. I love you so much. Oh, uh, Hey, thank you for your ministry, your life, Cherie, everything you've poured into the international church of Las Vegas. We are we're in a massive debt, so we can do this anytime you want. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, exploring the prophetic listeners, you've been on with me and Pastor Paul Goulet from the International Church of Las Vegas. And please come back, listen again. If you're enjoying this, please share this with your friends. Click subscribe, click, click like. You can now listen to us on YouTube as well as every other place that podcasts are listened to. Thank you so much today. Hey, this is Sean Bowles, and I'm going to talk to you real quickly about our Bowles Ministries Partnership Program. This podcast is made by Bowles Ministries, and it's done because of partners and people who are supporting our ministry, who are equipping us to be able to bring this kind of a show to you. If you're loving hearing these interviews where people are sharing vulnerably about their process, which I think is one of the most powerful things we can do is hear each other's process about revelation. If you're loving this, please don't only subscribe, don't only review, don't only tell your friends, but partner with us. Be part of the journey. Be part of the sending power of Bowles Ministries to get this message across the world. You guys can be part of our team. All you have to do is go to bowlesministries.com, click on giving or partnership. And when you go there, you're going to be part of an incredible partnership community. We're going to resource you. We actually have partnership director who calls all of our partners once a year. We have resources that we send you. There's your very own special partner page with messages and videos that only you can have. But we need you to partner with us if you love this show so that we can actually take it into a whole nother level with the rest of season two, but also go into season three and beyond.